1: comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income in the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your traits that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine-to-five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI. In their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life.
0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's Vita Grill Economist coming to you live on this edition of Markets and Mayhem with my main man, Algo Cowboy. He's here to break down the latest economic data, the news, and where things are going in the markets and how it affects you because the bottom line, it does affect you. And we'll give you some strategies and some solutions in order for you to get around what is happening. Also, folks, check out our paid sponsors, algofactory.tech. Algofactory.tech is the place where Cowboy and I – lurk, and teach you the tools of the trade, so to speak. Trade your job, upgrade your life, build algorithms that trade on your behalf, uh, showing you how to execute and when to execute, all for less than $50 a month. And because it's educational, you can write it off in taxes, folks. That's the beautiful thing about it, because it is for educational purposes. only. Separate yourself from the pack. Algofactory.tech. Algofactory.tech, the link is in the description box. And also, folks, support Rogue. FJB Balloons, we've sold a couple hundred already. Uh, there's a few more left. Get them while they're hot. It's going to be setting you up for the amazing Rogue 3.0 Web3. Decentralized Rogue News is coming. It's coming. It's going to be amazing, so make sure you go there. FJ Balloons, you can get it. You can you know, mint the balloon utilizing your debit card, credit card, or if you just want to buy it using crypto, you can do all of that. FJballoons.xyz, and with that being said, cowboy, what's up, man? How are you?
2: Do, <clears throat> excuse me, doing good. How about yourself?
0: I'm I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I mean, yeah, I could complain, right, but I, but who's going to listen? Who's going to listen? Yeah, who's going yeah. to listen? Exactly. Huh? So lots of things going around, cowboy. Um, I don't know uh, for the folks that don't know this. This morning on Algo Factory, I gave an amazing inside information, insider baseball, you're not going to find anywhere. I dare not say this publicly anywhere else, but because it is the exclusive members of Algo Factory, I was there and I broke down some very critical piece of information that I will not be releasing public for a very long time. Uh, so yeah, and it, this
2: wasn't out. like uh, insider company information. This wasn't illegal.
0: No, no, no. It was you know, this account. wasn't yeah, something you'd
2: is... get in trouble for. It's just no. this high level
0: stuff. Yeah, just Intel. Intel, folks. Intel. Real intel. You know, not this make believe uh, Intel where, you know, uh, the aliens are coming and and all that other stuff. <laughs> but if right. you were in the chat, you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you guys knew it. And you guys got your brains blown away. And so now we're here. So, cowboy, what do we get it to, bro?
2: Yeah, we add That and uh, we finally got the, uh, I guess there were three separate issues that were making the uh, the screens a little hard to see. And we didn't yeah. even know about it. No one even mentioned it until like a week or two in, in our morning shows. And like, hey, we can't really see the screen too well. And we got that fixed like the same day, but it was three separate issues. So uh, the screens are a lot clearer. I know the viewership has uh, been not the same as it was in the very beginning, but that's actually kind of typical um, and it's also hard for everybody to come on live, you know, just to show up live, at the, you know, every morning. But we are doing it five days a week, both of us. Um, there is the occasional day that will take off so far. It's only been one in the five or six weeks that we've actually taken off from doing a show. So we're pretty consistent. And uh, the good news, the interesting fun news <clears throat> is that there are uh, beginners there the classes online that the university that I've created and that V and I have put up on the website, it's uh, it it should take months to get through if you're actually applying the exercises and really doing the work. There's that much. uh, I mean, really it could take years if you're doing it properly, but at least months. The point is, is that that has a lot of information for beginners. Trading is such a, um, such a broad subject. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, but most people, Flying blind if they want to be a profitable trader, if they're just going out on their own, not getting help, it takes them about four years. That's what I've been hearing um, from all of the you know high-level whatever people. Um, however, if you have some guidance, like I ended up hiring a mentor myself, and that did cost me thousands of dollars. Um, but that also got me profitable pretty quick. Um, and that was after, you know, of course, everybody was profitable in 2018 and 19 with crypto. All you had to do was go along, right? So Uh, that was easy but once that ended i actually had to relearn how to trade moved over to the forex market hired for thousands of dollars a mentor got profitable so what we're doing is instead of thousands of dollars we're crowdsourcing it because it's a lot of work on our end We can't do it for free um but 50 bucks a month is nothing the price will go up it's going to go up and it's going to go up probably a lot so if you want to lock in 50 bucks a month for this program you got to get in before the price goes up so um Yeah. The, the, show today was mind blowing and it's like, you know, you want to tell everybody about it. You want to give the information, but it's, it's yeah, it's privileged. You know, come be an algo factory. You get to hear it. It's been about a mind blowing show at least one a week. The V comes in with some, some really great info that you can you can share on that smaller platform. So, um, so that's that. Yeah. So, uh, markets are interesting. Um, I don't know, V, it's, it's another scenario where things are moving opposite the direction that they should, right? This has like been a common theme for six or seven weeks that I've been talking about. Um, and let me go ahead and do the old screen share here. The data that came out yesterday was the CPI, and that's the Consumer Price Index. And today it was the PPI. And then there was some employment data that actually was <clears throat> in, that, uh, in that realm as well. So let me bust that screen out. Um, let see here. Make sure that we have the right resolution. And then the uh, gorilla can put that screen up on the, uh, on the display for us. Okay, um, so yesterday was CPI and the CPI hit at about 6.30 AM. And a good way to look at that on the charts is to look at say EURUSD um, on a five-minute time frame, at six thirty a.m. yesterday. Today is the eleventh. Yesterday is the tenth. So six thirty is right about here. There, that big fat wick upward, right? And then there was today at six thirty, the 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 CPI's cousin, the PPI, came out, right? So what we had was kind of a a fake out, right? So the CPI came in. And again, these are things moving in, the, in a direction unexpectedly. Um, CPI was a little mixed. This was yesterday. Month over month, it was as expected, which technically means that like the market might not move at all. Um, year over year was a little lower than normal, which lower than normal inflation is kind of a signal to the markets like, hey, maybe a Fed pivot is coming, right? So the dollar might tend to get weaker based on that. Um, Core CPI month over month was actually a little higher. So core CPI, um, that actually is the change in the price of goods purchased by consumers excluding food and energy. So food and energy being included, which is the main thing, CPI was actually normal. So in a sense, you would expect the dollar to get weaker. Um, And what happened on the charts, uh, wrong chart, the dollar got weaker. So this is the EUR USD. And what we're looking at is this blue line. I'm going to remove it or move it to the side, but that this big fat wick upwards, right? Um, That wick is what happened when the announcement happened. So the dollar got weak, but it only got weak for like a 30, well, I should say, yeah, about 30 minute period. And then price continued to actually go down and down and down. Okay. Well, PPI is the next day. And PPI is kind of is upstream from CPI. Okay. So PPI is the producer price index. So now we'll go to this morning again at 630 and um, core PPI, again, excluding food and energy, you're looking at unchanged PPI month over month is lower than normal. So that would be like, okay, maybe inflation is a little bit lower. Maybe a, a pivot is coming. Market should see the dollar actually go, uh, down on that. Um, and then unemployment claims were actually higher than normal. So this is another indication that like, okay, the fed might consider doing a pivot, right? So that's like dollar should go up. Right. And certainly for a short time, again, just like yesterday, it did, but in a much less protracted way. So you had this big, huge move up based on CPI and that's the hot ticket consumer price index. Everybody's watching that. But before you consume something, you actually have to produce something. So in a way, the PPI matters more. But the PPI happened after the CPI, so the market reacted to the CPI and pushed down. So I think everybody saw the market reaction and understood that PPI wasn't going to have much of an effect, even though both metrics should have been pushing price up. Um, I'm going to argue that uh, of course, you know, this is obviously things moving in the wrong direction. Um, now the Dixie, we're going to go to the DXY DXY is the dollar, um, uh, currency index, right? So it's, it's basically the dollar measured a bunch uh, against a bunch of other currencies. And I'm going to go to the monthly chart. So now what we're doing is we're backing out and a very, very high time frame. Okay. Like each one of these bars is a month's worth of, pri- worth of price action. Like this chart goes back to 2013. Okay. So, the dollar has been just going up, small pullbacks, up, small pullbacks. Um, so, look, the I think the rate hikes started um, earlier this year, right? What was interesting is that the the Dixie kept going up well before that, right? So, that we you know, twenty twenty was kind of precipitous, where in early twenty twenty. Uh, in March, basically, we had that big, crazy move, the COVID crash and the dollar got cheap because they just printed the living daylights out of it. Right. But then before the rate hikes started, half of the move up already occurred. And then the, the rate hike announcement happened and you get this big, massive green candle and the volatility and these green candles got a lot longer. So the, the public got in on the game, but it's arguable that the smart money knew this was coming and they got in, and then the public was allowed to make some money, but really to push the price up because the smart money got to got in got to get in early. Well, I think we just saw the same thing, but on the other end of it. So all this talk of rate hiking, and we're going to hike, and, and uh, Powell, you know, we're going to hike into the near future and all this. Well, back in say Monday, I'm sorry, in uh, in October, right in the middle of all this talk about hike, hike, hike all of a sudden the dollar starts to get soft and it continued to get soft. And uh, let me see here. There's my arrow. So it looks like the smart money got in back in October. Um, So basically the dollar is jumping, but it's it's a short term move upward and it's probably a technical move. Um, I don't know if there's any volume on this, but I'm going to see if I can actually do an assessment of the the Dixie, I can always do it on the uh, the Euro dollar. Um, I don't know if there's... Yeah, I don't think there's any volume on this chart. So what we'll do is we'll migrate over to the EURUSD because there should be similar metrics there. Mm, not so much. Oh, well, that's because the Euro is going to hell. So let's try... Which the GBP USD is not as good either. That's all. Okay. So now we're actually going against specific currencies. We're taking the yen out. We're taking, um, you know, like the odd currencies out. We're only looking at the European currencies. It's going to be pretty hard to actually make a determination based on this, but just to go with DXY, even though there's no volume, I can still use like fib levels and stuff. So excuse me there. Um, What we had is a move down. And there might be a turnaround here. There might not. We don't really know. Um, I mean, technically, it looks like there is. So the dollar may see. I think it's just going to range a little bit in this area. I don't even know that it's going to actually touch the 382, but it could. It might kind of pull one of these for a while, you know, just playing around. At some point in this, it might touch that 382 probably sooner rather than later and then head back down more. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, and if that's the case, even on this timeline, you know, I, the way that these... If it's a hard move down, the pullbacks happen pretty quick. And they tend to go to the three eight two, like this. And then they tend to go down further. If it's a hard move and if it's a continued move, we don't know that it's going to be like that. And whether or not it's going to be like that is going to have to do with some macroeconomics. Uh, are we going to start printing money again? You know, I mean the gorilla says Dow 40,000 by the t-shirt. Um, so, you know, that's actually something to look at. And if that's the case, yeah. If the Dow is going to go to 40,000, especially in the current environment, when the dollar is just getting more and more debased, they're going to have to print more and more of it, which means it's going to get weaker and weaker. So I would not be surprised to see the dollar index head up to here and then keep heading down um, as that goes on. And as the Dow goes to 40,000, and if it happens on this timeline, which is kind of realistic, um, you're looking at, Maybe some money printing happening I don't know later in the year. I know we've been saying that on these shows for some time, yep. but uh, graphically it does look like that. Um, yeah, hobo, as far as the like uh, Asia currencies, they're so small that there's not I mean I can do that on another show. I just don't know it's gonna benefit the conversation here. Um, so you know maybe'll we'll, if there's time today, we'll do it, but um, I want to get into some other items first. Um, so but that's the look on on the Dixie, which is basically dollar strength. Okay, compared to the actual currencies that are, you know, part of, say, the IMF and things like that. Um, So that's the charts. Um, V, what do you think as far as that that graphic assessment? um, Does that look realistic to you from the fundamental standpoint or what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tracking very well in terms of the fundamentals. And the thing is, with all these things, folks, we are in a state of crisis. And I cannot emphasize to you that much how, how, how much of a crisis this is. We're in a state of crisis the likes of which we've never, ever seen before. No one's ever lived through a, through a period like this. I mean, I could talk to economists from you know the Great Depression if they were still alive today. And what we're facing today is like nothing we've ever faced before. It is a complete game changer in terms of where we are. And it's so event driven at this point that things that we're, you know, we're, Like, Cowboy and myself were constantly making micro-adjustments to what the hell's going on, trying to keep track of it all, you know, and trying to not only keep track of it, but to stay ahead of it, you know? So, but the outlook is, I mean, it's going to be a hell, I mean, you know, as Samuel Jackson said in Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts.
2: Yeah, that's a funny line. That's, like, one of those lines that stuck with me as well. (laughs) Hold on to your butts, and he had, like, a cigarette in his mouth.
0: Yeah, exactly
2: goes like a cigarette, butt. it's kind of what, what uh, came to mind there, but <clears throat> so that's that uh, again. So I think what we're looking at and the reason that things are not necessarily moving in the proper direction, if you will, or the expected direction, things do decouple. I mean, things don't always move in the right direction, but they've been moving in the incorrect direction on many key metrics for some time. And there's a couple ways to look at that. Um, I do think a lot of that has to do just with the BS of the metrics. Um, so many metrics are fudged. And so it's, you know, they they basically treat everybody like children. And they, they tell people what they think everybody needs to hear so that they can get the results they want. And that's insulting. Um, but the problem is, most people believe it. And most people are mentally children in that sense. I'm not saying most people are mentally mentally children, but I think when it comes to, uh, you know, this kind of thing, uh, most people are just financially illiterate. That's all. It, it is what it is. And I think most people are politically illiterate. Um, you know, it's, uh, what was I talking about earlier, V, I got the normies, you know, I mean, we have an entire situation where um, the election was very obviously stolen. And yet, they were able to convince half of our country that it never happened, and anybody who says that it happened is a conspiracy theorist. I mean they were, but it's obvious. Like, I mean, it's like clear as day. <laughs> so, you know, this is the world we live in. So, they're going to they they know they can get away with saying things. They can get Jim Cramer up there to say, "There's going to be a pivot today. I'm more bullish than ever," and everything starts to dump afterwards. And nobody, except for those of us who are paying attention nobody like asks <clears throat> what's going on there. Um, green machine as far as the red. Okay. So looking at the Dixie chart back in the COVID crash in 2020, I'll move the cursor over there. Um, green machine asked a question right about here. And then he's asking about all this red that we saw afterwards. Right. So this is, you're looking at a uh, dollar getting weak after COVID. Um, and what he asked was, is the red, um, does that have to do with the combination of fear, COVID money and deferments? Um, I think that's, that's a good estimation. I mean, the, the reality is, is that you don't really know what happened in the economy until at least six months afterwards and maybe even longer. And now with FASB 56, um, we don't even know where the government's putting its money, even though I think we're constitutionally required to know. But they don't care about the Constitution anymore. They use it for toilet paper. So we don't know what the government's doing with the money. We have trillions disappearing in the Pentagon, nobody doing anything about it. Um, so, you know, that is what that is. Um, I, I do think that the trillions of dollars that were put into the economy, we were told it was like uh, like a, a one amount, and I think we probably should multiply that by 10 for what the real amount being thrown into the economy was. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that that plus um, supply chain issues causing prices to go up, um, is all kind of, it, it's a big soup. It's a big cluster punch right there to to take a dirty word and turn it around. Um But yeah, I do think that we are going to see, uh again, I think the money printing will happen. I think it'll happen anytime between like say the summer and the spring of next year, summer this year, spring next year. So, you know, there the, the gorilla might have some more granular information, but I'm not going to give that away. I'll let him do that uh, wherever he sees fit. So, um, you know, and and some things are not controllable. I mean, I know that they, they want to do a soft landing and maybe they can, maybe they can't. They talk yeah. about it like they can. I think as long as everybody believes they can, then they will. But, um, you know, it just depends on if the cattle stampede, you know, do the cattle yeah. stampede, is there a liquidity problem? Do, does everybody pull their money out of everything all at once because they panic? And I think they want to avoid that. Um, so, you know, the soft landing is going to be based on faith alone. That's what I think. Um, so, I mean, there's, you know, the FDIC video, they're talking about that. They're like, Hey, the banking system's weak. Like <laughs> it survives on faith alone. But, I mean, it is in so many words is what they were saying. And they are laughing about it because <laughs> they don't care. They right. they got, they, right. they're worried about global warming and they have their $50 million mansions on the beach. So yeah, <laughs> and they're worried about sea levels rising. Right. Yeah.
0: And, and the um, funny thing is, that these idiots actually believe that. that. That that's the whole entire thing. They're not like you know being dis- duplicitous, you know. Even in like candid, you know, camera type scenarios, you have these globalists and these middle managers and the bureaucrats uttering and dis- and discuss and discussing amongst themselves the things that you would think that this is just a scam. No, they literally believe this, folks. This is, you have to understand this. They literally believe in in, in in climate change. They literally believe that the United States is the largest economy in the world. They literally believe that we're the greatest military power the world has ever seen. They literally believe every level of BS that they created for themselves decades ago. They believe it. And that's why this stage of the game is so damn dangerous. Because never before have we ever had a ruling class that believed their own bullshit. But now we do dangerous times cowboy dangerous times
2: oh absolutely um señor, señor marco 66 asks hey algo do you think that they created the money off book to finish their final prep for the earth disasters um you know i don't go there i mean anything's possible i'm sure somebody like jet might tell you that's the case i'm not going to say it's not the case um you know i i don't really think that kind of stuff is necessarily going to happen. I mean, anything can happen. So I'm not going to say anybody is wrong. Um, I think that I think that just there, I think any money being created is probably being put into some kind of financial war chest. Um, You know, it might be uh, they know that the derivative bubble is about to pop. So they need to create some kind of shoring up. Um, you know, I don't think it takes a whole lot of money to do the prepping for the earth disasters. You know, I mean, I think they've been prepping for that for, for 80 years. I think, you know, you got these probable underground, you know, scenarios in Antarctica, you got, uh, you know, billionaires building their own stuff. I I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't, it doesn't seem like they would need to do that, but I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that's like a really, uh, difficult question to, to, to answer, of course, um, you know if you meet the uh, the secret king of the world and he tells you, let me know. <laughs> um, let me see here. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, Greeny says, uh, Green Machine says, yep, had a conversation with someone who's $300,000 in debt and their only response was, I'll just declare bankruptcy for a third time. Yeah, so, <clears throat> look.
0: Is it fiscal irresponsibility or does he know something that you don't?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think he's just... He's just playing the game.
0: Hell yeah. Why not?
2: Yep. Slava. Watch, Slava cocaine. repeat. House.
0: <laughs> Wash, <Yeah>. rinse, repeat.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, we got Vellas in the house. Velas says, I've had to deal with people and lawyers connected to bankruptcy court. That is some serious S in that world. If you declare BK and you have problems in other courts, a B-rup judge, bankruptcy judge, um, can send those judges to jail if they violate the bankruptcy court authority. Um, so, and Velas does say he'll be on tomorrow at 11 and that's great. Uh, some great data from uh, Velas. The, the SLUIS report came out last week, which is the senior loan um, officer. Like uh, I'll have to look at the actual, I mean, I saw the report last week, but uh, Velas did post a pretty good article on that. Um, let's see if I can find it. Right. SLUS finds even tighter credit standards. Uh, this is your hedge article. I'll throw it up. It's actually important. so uh, let me see here. I, th- I know the article came out last week, but they might have up might have updated the info. So just this is the report from senior loan officers. So they have the they have a little bit more of a thirty thousand foot view of what's going on when it comes to solvency in um, in anywhere from banks and non-banks and everything else. <laughs> and essentially what they're looking at is credit tightness. Now, credit tightness is going to turn into a liquidity problem right? So, and a liquidity problem turns into an insolvency problem. Um, so, you know, what you have is, okay, so the banks are technically solvent. They can, they can you know, mess with their balance sheets because they have liquidity. They can borrow money from here, borrow money from there. They can shore up, um, you know, and we're talking about the larger banks, right? Now the smaller banks, uh, the regional banks, so on and so forth, they do have those same abilities. However, those abilities are eroding because the actual, um, their liquidity is actually drying up, Because the bonds they were holding have now decreased in value um, over these new bonds that have been created. So, look, you got a 30-year bond, and that's when yields are like lower, right? So, uh, a 30-year bond that was made eight years ago, right at the GFC, when interest rates are very low, that has a certain value. But when the interest rates get hiked up and a new treasury is created, that treasury has much more value as it is now and to be sold on the secondary market. Each of these will be worth whatever the face value is after the maturity of that instrument. However, until that maturity, there is a value and that value is used to show up the banks. But as the rates went up, as the Fed prime rate was hiked and the new instruments were created based on those rates, the prior instruments that were shoring up the banks, they became worth less in comparison. And they became worth less in reality if they were to sell it on the secondary market. So essentially, the regional and smaller bank collateral has been shrinking. And this is why you have a, a liquidity issue, because the money they would normally use to shore things up is eroding. Now, the problem with the fractional reserve system is that a liquidity issue equals an insolvency issue, because in the end, your solvency is dependent on the ability to get money printed out of thin air. And when that money dries up, or that money no longer there, or the actual um, the the assets that you're holding erode, you're now have you're now actually insolvent and illiquid, and that's what we're seeing with these these banks going down. Um, so here, though, <clears throat> what we're looking at as as far as the sluice report goes is loans to businesses, um, tighter standards and weaker demand for commercial and industrial loans to large, middle market firms as well as small firms over the first quarter. Okay, so basically, money being loaned out to companies in the commercial and industrial sector sector is getting tighter. And we live in a world where businesses have to borrow for things to work. And that also includes in, like asset uh, managers and everything else because everything's borrowed. All of, our, <clears throat> all of our money is effectively uh, lended and borrowed. That's how it's created. So when, when credit gets tighter in a fractional reserve economy where money is actually created by borrowing and lending, everything contracts. And when you have a tightness in credit, you have the same problem that these regional banks have in that your illiquidity becomes your insolvency. Um, now, that's on the, on the business side. That's commercial and industrial. But according to the Sleuze Report, for loans to households, banks reported that lending standards tightened across all categories of residential real estate loans <clears throat> other than government sponsored enterprise. Okay. Other than other, de- uh, demand weakened for all, uh, residential real estate loan categories. In addition, banks reported tighter standards and weaker demand for home equity lines of credit, HELOCs standards tightened for all consumer loan categories, demand weakened for auto and other consumer loans. Okay. So the way that money is created is loans and what the, what they need. To keep the economy going. And I say they, I'm talking about your, your big wigs, the, the, the fed, all the, you know, commercial banks, everybody needs money. Velocity money. Velocity is grinding to a halt. And the reason that is, is because there's no more money to create the velocity mm-hmm. because credit is getting tighter when you don't make in this country, fractional reserve, the way things work. <clears throat> yeah. Leveraging. That's right. Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert Novak is talking is talking the real deal, the leveraging, right? So when you can't make loans because loan demand goes down because the cost of lend the cost of borrowing money goes up, so people are not borrowing money, and you live in an economy that's all about borrowing and lending money, everything grinds to a halt. So you know this is a very precipitous issue, and the critical mass will be a little bit sooner than other people think because of the amount of leveraging that's out there. Um, what Gorilla, what do you think the size of the derivative market is internationally at this point?
0: I mean, we are looking at just in the Western world that has swallowed the derivative pill, because the rest of the Eastern world, they they looked at derivatives like is the most like it, it might as well have been Pokemon cards. Okay, it might mm-hmm. as well have been Pokemon cards to the rest of the Charizard. World. Like exactly, they're like, wait a minute, you want to take a, 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 a an underlying asset and then create a, some sort of a derivative of it that is so far removed by the underlying asset that you can no longer value said underlying asset, and then trade this derivative 10, 20, 30, 40 times over its actual value. Now I don't think we'll participate in that. But the Western assholes who are brilliant, again, these are people who believe their own bullshit, who are so brilliant, who are the ones who are teaching your kids and all these young people in colleges, the ones who are sitting around there talking about how smart they are, and they sniff each other's farts. These guys. <laughs> these guys sold this derivative nonsense, and right now, as it stands, and don't ever believe the lie that, yeah, so, you know, you know, Bank of America, they had, uh, you know, Citigroup had $63 trillion in derivative exposure. We took care of it. We whittled it down. They didn't whittle down shit.
2: They yeah, didn't, wasn't it like – uh, uh, and the GFC, like B of A, had something like 60 or $70 trillion of yeah. derivative exposure?
0: Yeah, folks, you have any idea? I mean a, a, a trillion seconds is like 330 years, a trillion seconds. Okay? So when you're talking about $70 trillion, $60 trillion, $40 trillion, you cannot write that down. You are supposed to declare ban- – you'll be out of business and your bones – your bones of what is left of your of, of your bank should have been picked off by a larger conglomerate. That's what should have happened. But it didn't happen. So what happened to the one and a half quadrillion dollar derivative debt? It's been bulk It's been underreported. It's been put in the shadow books. But it is to this day affecting, affecting the entire financial world. It's not done away with. Now, remember the whole LIBOR scandal. Right. Remember the Libor scandal, and this is one of the reasons why uh, SOFOR was launched. Okay, the U.S. Uh, the banking system has launched SOFOR. because the Libor scandal had overcooked the derivative market. Again, this is somebody I'm telling you this because I'm the guy who cracked the whole derivative thing back in 2012 with the London Whale thing that made me infamous, and I got the call in the middle of the night telling me to shut the f up if I know what's good for me. But anyway, that's the <laughs> story. It's <a> side story. <laughs> Now you remember that cowboy, the whole uh, London Whale trade, and how that went sideways, and I came out. I, I, I'm the guy who said, "Hey, look!" In November of 2012, I said, "Listen, bankers are starting to are going to start dying very soon," and I and I said, "There's going to be over 30 some odd 50, I think it was 53 bankers that are going to drop dead." First one to die was uh, William Brokesmith of Deutsche Bank. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, Billy Brokesmith of of Deutsche Bank. First guy to die. He hung himself with his feet still touching the floor, bro. Amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Isn't that crazy? did, yeah. did he have a Was it like a nail gun uh, eight times in the back oh, of yeah. the head?
0: Absolutely. Love that nail gun. Love that yeah. nail gun. Well, what happened? I do. That, that, that was on the uh, derivative market. So the, to this day, the derivative market is still one and a half quadrillion dollars. And the reason why we created so for was because it, the LIBOR scandal created a, another. Check this. Oh my god. The Libor scandal <laughs> created another eight hundred trillion in toxic assets and loans that have been affected by the Libor scandal. That are all out there. These are all loans. The damage has been done, and you cannot underwrite. You cannot, you know, whittle down or scuttle down the eight hundred trillion in loans that were affected by the Libor scandal. That simply doesn't go away. So the the reason why the U.S. really created so far was to insulate themselves from this ticking time bomb. There's a lot of moving parts here, folks, but that's, it's a, it's a big problem. It's a big problem.
2: You guys, I don't, I don't know if you understand what the gorilla is is giving you or how valuable what he's saying is right now, because it, you know, some of the things we talked about this morning are like, you take that and you add some key facts and then you add more key facts and then you multiply that by 10. And that's what we heard in the algo factory channel this morning. We actually got some killer info there. Um, but what I will say is that the system is so distorted? Yep. Like you said, they—I uh, mean, the leverage out there, we didn't even know what it is—a thousand to one, at least thirty to forty yeah, to it, I mean, insane, man. The real underlying value of everything—it's no longer even valuable in dollars. I mean, technically it is, but you know, I think we're going to come to a point where it's just that we're going to have to, you know, look. What we need is for the system to break down. And it's breaking down before our eyes. And, uh, you know, we do need to kind of cut ties with those who would destroy our country and try to work with those who would at least want to keep our country alive and profitable it doesn't mean that they're like we say our good guys are bad guys it just means there's people who have interests that align with ours like a guy like donald trump i mean i think his interests align with ours he might just be part of the big show i don't know but uh at least the what he has what he did while he was the president and held a few things off from happening kind of says okay he's not the best guy in the world he's kind of a blowhard but at the same time, like I'm pretty sure that like Ukraine would have happened sooner if he wasn't in. I'm pretty sure that the way that COVID went down would have gone far, far worse if he wasn't in. Um, I'm pretty sure that if his competitor got in, the evil witch, um, I think we would have been in World War III by now. So a lot of people are like, oh well, he did this and he did that. Well, okay, let's maybe think about what he held off. And so you know, look at who's backing him. And maybe those interests are the ones that we should be kind of hoping or working to get in. Um, but well, I what I do have is I actually have live video of the bankers who actually like the, not just the bankers, but the the kind of the, the Davos types who really you know are uh, getting high on their own supply. Oh I have yeah. video of them. bring I, it up, yeah. baby.
0: Bring it up. Okay,
2: here goes. Let me make sure I got the volume all proper. And- Everything. So let me know what's up on the. Can
0: you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. All right, here it goes. Just like them.
2: Here in San Francisco.
1: It's about
2: yet.
0: We have to go. Being smug is a good thing. <laughs> oh, there God. it is, that's
1: Davos.
0: <laughs>
1: ha ha ha
0: ha here in San Francisco. <laughs> there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's it. That's how they do it. They're, they're the elites, folks.
2: They're the elite. Smell, smelling their own nastiness, dude. <laughs> Oh man. So uh, South park is a great show. They take no prisoners, man. I mean, They're, they, I, I t- they them. don't care. <laughs> Those guys are great. Um, So what do we got? We're, we got 20 minutes left. Um, There is news out there I can talk about. Um, Is there anything in particular that you think we should talk about V or should I move on?
0: Oh, let's move. Well, let's move forward. Let's keep moving.
2: Okay. Um, So we had a list of banks that we shared Um, that I got from one of my I mean, it wasn't that uh, deep of a knowledge, but it was a list I got a few days before everybody else of all the banks that are in trouble. I got it from one of my buddies who's pretty high at a particular bank who I can't name. Um, but this is one of them Pack West shares crash after reporting a oh, deposit yeah. flight.
0: Boy, I thought those were all short sellers, cowboy. What happened?
2: Are you, Is the screen being shared yet? Okay, there it goes. Um, yeah, so yeah, short sellers. I mean, look you know, the, the, and this is kind of broad news right now, but they want to stop short selling and they've done this before, not the first time they've outlawed short selling. Um, I want to say during the great uh, financial crisis, they stopped the short selling. And so what it is, and they, they just don't want people making money the same way that the big money can make money. Right. Correct. It's just, that's one of the main things. There's other reasons, but in a sense, like, you know, they, they, they don't want to give the regular guy, the same kind of ability to profit. They want to let that be for the, the in crowd only. You got to be able to smell your own farts. Yes. in San Yes. Yes. And you got to smell their farts and you got to like their farts too. Yes. Right.
0: It is the only way.
2: Um. One of the things that uh, V you've talked about how, you know, the world's kind of moving towards crypto because there's just no more yield elsewhere. Right. Like the, the rest of the system is so distorted based on kind of the leveraging that we were talking about. Um, that there's not a lot of yield. And when there's no yield, there's not money velocity because you need opportunity for money to move. Money needs to move where it's going to make more money. You need It won't deploy if there's nowhere to deploy. Right. So what's Robinhood doing now? Well, okay. So crypto is, seems to be the place where the yield is going to be. In a sense, Bitcoin in particular is a bearer asset. Um, so it's like you don't, I mean, it's peer to peer. You have the Bitcoin. It's worth the money that it is. There's no deposits. There's no banks. There's. It's just, you got it and you can give it away. It's like gold, right? It's just a little more convenient than gold. Um, so with Robinhood, they're trying to compete. And Robinhood is set to fuel stock addicts with 24-hour trading, right? Mm-hmm. So, what they want to do is they know they can make fee income because banks have moved over to fee income. Um, let me see if I can uh, actually. Never mind. Um, so, <laughs> when you don't, when your products no longer have any value, um, you, you, what they do is they try to find a new grift, and in this case, the grift is fee income. So they get you to play in the casino. And they take a fee every time you do. That's what exchanges do. Um, but what they want to do is they want to take the crackheads and let them trade for twenty four hours, right? So look, there's after hours trading. You can do it. There's just not a lot of liquidity if you're a stock trader. So maybe if you're working, you know, playing ETFs or something like that, or futures, you can make money like that. There are there are abilities, um, you know, the, the is there. But Robinhood's wanting to take advantage of that because it's just another example of where the traditional trad traditional finance is starting to lose footing. They're doing anything that they can to, to kind of take the volume from places like crypto and try to make money. And they're even working with these, um, there's an right here at the end of the article an unprecedented explosion in zero DTE that's zero days to expiry or options with less than twenty four hours to maturity, a uh, maturity. So not maternity. That's pretty funny though. Um, stocks don't have kids, people. You know, it's not stocks. Stocks identify as male. No,
0: right.
2: oh, how dare you assume a stock? They have
0: imaginary kids called derivatives.
2: Oh shit! That was pretty good. That was good. (laughs) I like that. All right. So unprecedented. Okay. So look, this is crackhead trading. Okay. Zero DTE, zero days to expiry with options. So options are a way to um, basically leverage out where you can't leverage out. So in a sense, like the futures market is leveraged. You're, you're actually borrowing money, but options is a way to leverage on just about anything wherever options are offered. So what they do is instead of having options that expire a month or whatever, you know, two weeks from now, whatever the, whatever the normal expiry is, they have created like same day options expiration. So, I mean, this is crackhead trading. Yeah. So they're just, it's becoming to the point that money velocity is so low that, you know, that they, people can't afford the crack anymore. The crack that they're offering on the street, it's just, like 1% actual product and the rest is baking soda. So what they're doing now is they're, they're creating a new version of this 1% baking soda that amplifies it. It's like a new way to free base. So, it, it, you know, long story short, it's just money flowing out of the market. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what can you tell us V on, on your side of things, like say, on a six month horizon, what do you, oh, what are you able to tell us i know you can't tell us everything i know some of it's strictly algo factory but give us some like give us something get something give me that information y'all got any more of that free- I, I, I'll,
0: I'll just tell you this this is going to be further bank failures and this is being this is being you know whittled down little by little um i'm not going to share all the details uh, on this broadcast here i gotta you know wait a while the details of which I already shared in Algo Factory, no, no BS. You could ask if some of the members are in there this morning, some of whom are actually in the live chat. Um, they won't tell you what it is, but they'll tell you it was like mind-blowing stuff. It's real, you know. I've been in the boardrooms, made some calls. I was been in my the gorilla, the gorilla group that I deal with, the gorilla brain trust that I deal with, and I'm talking with these guys. And this is the um, this is the the scenario it's playing out, but it's going to. What is going to look like in six months, you're it's going to look kind of like how it is right now. We're going to have maybe a few more bank failures. Um, PacWest, Metro, um, a few other banks I'm looking at that are on my list. Um, and then also, uh, just look at precious metals, gold's going to start tracking even higher. A few other things, man. Just uh, yeah, we you know. should
2: do is we should chart
0: gold. Yeah, let's chart gold real quick.
2: First, I'm going to show everybody what i did on bitcoin and this was uh anybody in algorithm i think it was on monday when i charted this um let's see yeah tuesday morning i said crypto is going to head up and it's probably going to head down right and i charted this back then well looky here it didn't go as high as i thought it would it may still go up there but at the time there was liquidity up there but i get the feeling that those trades came off and liquidity liquidity was no longer there because um, there's a there's a, an instrument that we have that I showed at Algo Factory on, look, okay, let's back up a little bit. <clears throat> the big dogs with their $20,000 a month uh, Bloomberg terminals, <laughs> when they have that kind of money, they can afford like level three and, and up quotes. And what that means is that on any instrument, they can see where all the money is, where the stop losses are, where the liquidity pools are. They can see all that data. Us plebeians don't have that unless you got $20,000 a month to spend. Now, someone like me doesn't exactly need it, but if I had it, <clears throat> it really helps. We have it with Bitcoin and there's a specific tool that I use and that we talk about in Factory. and everybody got a three-day access to it for free, by the way, um, just a few days ago. So, And that tool did have me basically having that plus my knowledge helped me predict what's going to happen next. So, And look what it did. It went up to the first level where I thought it would fall. And then it continued to fall, so it didn't quite make it up there. And had I been looking at the market after this, I might have been able to see that that liquidity actually came off. Um, so we're looking at a move down from anywhere from twenty thousand to twenty four thousand. Um, most likely, I think it'll Bitcoin's going to head down to twenty four thousand from its current twenty seven thousand mark. That's what I think is going to happen. There are more things that could happen. Um, now, gold. I don't know. Before I move on to gold, do you have anything to say about Bitcoin? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: let's see here let's go it does to... do not have anything to say with Bitcoin I'm looking for a price bump in Bitcoin it's coming it's coming. uh
2: yeah but I think that's more of a uh Bumped fundamental it. thing right yep that's more of a fundamental thing okay so gold silver took a little dump today it's because the dollar went up um gold by the ounce I mean it's it's on a strong upward trajectory dude like I mean uh, you know I'm looking at the six month chart here so we're going, you know, this is like the history of gold and the volatility that we're seeing right now and the actual like chart formations. I've done this before. I've done this cup and handle before, which is, you know, memeish, but it's it's good. It's also distorted. The gold price is also distorted because of the way that the uh, COMEX has done things, but the COMEX is running out of metals. Um, so gold right now is probably going to range. And it might even, from what I can see, the range will be maybe higher highs and higher lows. And and it'll do this until it does that. (laughs) Now, how how, how high will it go? We've done this in the show before, but I will go ahead and do it again. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, I'd say 2,800 is is a good place where gold might take a break before before it goes up again um now when is that going to happen i don't it might not happen until 2028 you know 2030 might happen sooner um but there was an article in zero hedge a few days ago where the um central banks are breaking records in their gold buying and i think singapore was number one central bank that purchased a bunch of gold and i think uh um, you know, the, the uh, PBOC, um, the People's Bank of China, I think, was another one. I know Ru- and China produces a lot of gold.
0: But I imagine Russia does. Largest too, right? producer, largest exporter, largest importer. They have all three bases covered in gold in the entire world. The Shanghai Gold Exchange will, will supplant the LBMA.
2: Yeah, so there you have it. And I say that um, as somebody
0: who works for a member of the LBMA. So
2: I think it's already, um, it's already, it's already it doing a hundred it times more it physical
0: volume-wise. Exactly in terms of in terms of volume, it's already supplanted. It, it does more than Comex. It does more than even the LBMA. It's 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 there already, man.
2: Well, the, yeah, the and that's uh, now SBMA is LBMA affiliated, but SBMA might have its own uh, mechanisms, right? So Singapore. Yes. like lb man but this is like the word. so really the feature is is uh, rotating eastward um, absolutely in I, th- every regard. I, think, I think the way that the move will happen in in gold and this is distorted it might actually go higher um, because of the distortions due to the fake market. so it you know I'll make some room for correction here but what what might happen with gold once gold breaks above this 2080 kind of level, um, it'll probably rally up to, to say maybe 2200, maybe a little lower, and then it'll maybe bounce, maybe not. And then it, it'll probably take off. Now that might not happen where I just did it. You know, it might happen, um, like way, way later. Uh, you know, but when you have this, that, I mean, essentially this is, this is a bull flag, um, on a higher time frame. you can kind of trust those and it's a high and tight bull flag really. So. If I were just to use, well, that's, yeah, bull flag metrics is basically what I've already used. Um, but the distortion could occur to where I said 20, no, it might only go to, this is this is one range for gold, right? In the next like five years, 2,500 to 2,800, right? But that range might actually be distorted to the downside. And the real range may actually be anywhere from 2,700 to thirty one fifty, so you know these these are the kind of levels that we're looking at for gold to hit in the next i think i think 10 years and it might happen even in five yeah so i don't know if that does that match what your guys are kind of thinking or what you think personally or
0: yeah just move up your timelines you know you think it's sooner yeah it's it's a this is all event driven man this thing gold could hit literally 5k by the end of 2024 middle to end of 2024 we're looking at maybe 5k we could probably end 2023 with 2500 um uh, and then looking at 2024 3000 plus uh and again it's event driven it's event driven if if opec plus says uh, they hit the f the dollar button then you're looking at I mean, take what I say, then accelerate the time frame even further, and, and increase the the amount of, of of money, or the amount of pro, in terms of price. When you're looking at forty six hundred to fifty three hundred, easy, overnight, you know. Yeah,
2: at that point, you're talking about a new paradigm.
0: Yeah, it's it, exactly, and it's already You can't even chart it. that. I mean, think you about it this we don't, we're not the pro- biggest producer of anything except genders. And, and mental disorders and we are the biggest <laughs> exporter of diabetes alongside with trash recyclables and pornography um we have nothing off offer the world folks i'll be i'll be honest with you we get, like we all we're mineral rich and we're, we have resource rich yeah but we're we have a a, a dumbed down industry that's been gutted that cannot extract the very wealth that we're sitting or that we're standing on it's a big problem it's a big problem so yeah everything's going to be
2: revalued i think uh I, the way i look at it um, and I guess these could be my closing remarks. Uh, I think that the current system breaks down. I think the U.S. retools, and I think it takes the U.S. a good ten years to retool.
0: No, more like t- try twenty twenty-five.
2: You think it'll be that long?
0: Yeah, it, because the first few years is, is 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 getting through all the red tape and bullshit. Right, that's number one. Then the retooling process, and you got to understand the the U.S. cannot retool once you people don't understand this. When you lose manufacturing, this is so vital, folks. You lose the ability and the know-how on how to make it. It's a it's a brain trust. The guys who made the like. I'll give you an example. I like boots, right? I like buying premium handmade boots, right? American made boots. I, I have you know, Red Wings. There's Whites. There's Nicks boots. You know, my favorite brand of boots is Whites. Whites boots are phenomenal. Love that's them. racist. They're Mokto. Yeah, Whites is awesome. Great brand, <laughs> but I was li- I was listening to Jocko Willink one time years ago. Jocko wanted to create his book, uh, his own boot company called um, um, uh, Origin. Origin called Jack Boots. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Boots. <laughs> so he wanted to create Origin Boots, and the problem was that all the machinery, all that you need in order to create, okay, um, these boots don't exist here. So they had to go to the Dominican Republic and try to import some of the machinery. Very cost, you know, and, and get some cost of the Very cost prohibitive. So the uh, same thing with uh, another uh, uh, boot company that I like, Thursday. Thursday boots are awesome. They're based in New York. They try to do yeah, manufacturing. You got a pair. Yeah, Thursday great. It. They try to do a manufacturing here in the United States. Couldn't do it. Now they had to, you know, they try to get all the machinery and whatnot. So they bought some of the machinery. They bought it to the United States, and they realize they have nobody of any sort of talent or know how to to work the machine. So they had to
2: Mexico, right?
0: Yeah, they had to settle with having it produced in small batches in Mexico, and then imported here and back in the United States. We don't have the talent base, folks. This is this is what happens. This is what people don't understand. You don't have a knowledge base of people that know how to do anything here, except. Become morbidly obese, watch football, they can quote, you know, uh, pop culture. Very, very good at that. Very good at pop culture here, right? So th- we're going to go through a pain period, and it's a reality period. There's still some things that we're still good at. Construction. We're good at construction. Thank God we still have something something like that left over. Right? We make cars. Uh, yeah, but it, most of the supply chain stuff that you need for the cars are not even made here, right? Look at, look, look, at, look, look, when you look at, when you study the supply chain for the cars, majority of those parts, the microchips, the sensors, this, that, and the other, all the componentry and the raw materials are not even from here. It's assembled here, but it's not made, made here. There's no car that's soup to nuts made here in the United States, not a single one. I got an to idea. Go aircraft.
2: We can make, we can make a gazillion dollars. Yeah, we could. And we turn on the printing press. <clears throat> well, no, I mean, like, uh, we can make a gazillion dollars in gold, and the way we do it <clears throat> is we find a way to transmute OnlyFans videos oh, into the yes. inputs for cars and airplanes.
0: We or we could, uh, we, we we can create a derivative of OnlyFans and sell it to uh, to Wall Street or sell it to the Davos crowd, and uh, they'll they'll make money on that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. Folks, we're at the end of the show. Cowboy, thank you so much for joining us this week. Folks, thank you all for listening in. Comment, like, subscribe, share. Make sure you subscribe. Go check out Algo Factory, folks. Check out Algo Factory. Um, trade your job. Upgrade your life. And with that being said, we're over and out. Take it away myself.